Welcome, everyone. You're listening to Truth in Christ Radio, a Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with Senior Pastor Rob Kellogg. You have a faith in Christ, but you may be feeling weak this morning. You may be feeling like, Lord, I don't, I don't, I'm not really cutting it. I'm not even sure, Lord, that I really belong to you. There are days that I feel like I belong to you, and other days I feel like I, I don't even know you. Much less putting these things on and adding these things to my life. Lord, I, I'm not doing that consistently. And so as a Christian, you may feel washed up. You may feel weak. You may feel kind of pale. But the encouragement today, as we see in verse 10, is really our theme for this morning. Make your call and your election sure. Today on Truth in Christ, continuing our fruitful growth in the faith. Pastor Rob explores the list of those things God wants us to grow in as we become mature Christians. We begin our life with God with faith, but faith progresses into virtue, knowledge, self-control, perseverance, godliness, brotherly kindness, and love, with love being the capstone of all God's work in us. The scope of this list demonstrates that God wants us to have a well-rounded Christian life, complete in all things. We should never be content with an incomplete Christian life. And now, let's turn our Bibles to 2 Peter chapter 1 and follow along with Pastor Rob. The second letter of Peter. This is Peter's final letter. You recall last week when we were together that Peter was in the Mamertine prison in Rome, and he was going to be put to death. Usually the Mamertine prison was a place for a temporary holding place for inmates or people who were going to be executed fairly shortly, and and that was certainly Peter's case. And this happened, um, this letter was written around 67 or 68 A.D., somewhere just before Peter's crucifixion. And Peter, if you recall, his heart's desire was he didn't feel worthy to be crucified like Jesus, his master and Lord. He told them to crucify him upside down because he wasn't worthy. That's what tradition tells us. There's nothing in the Bible that tells us this, but that's what tradition tells us. And so Peter was uh, martyred shortly after the letter we're going to be reading this morning. And then Nero, who was the Caesar at that time, was one of the most ungodly men one of the most ungodly Caesars Rome had ever seen. He killed his own mother, he killed his own wife, killed a couple of his wives, just a a maniac. And um, Paul, the apostle, and Peter were both martyred under his direction. And so um, he finally commits suicide in uh, 68 A.D., And so this is the climate that this letter was written. And so this first century church, mainly of Jews, but some Gentiles, remember, just like in 1 Peter, this audience that he's writing to, they've been scattered abroad. And so they're out and about and they're, they're facing really difficult, difficult things. They're being persecuted. 
by the Jews. They're being persecuted by the Gentiles, the Romans. And they're also in an ungodly culture. All around them is an ungodly culture. Fornication, uh, drug abuse, you name it. It sounds like today, actually. One of the reasons why Rome fell apart is it imploded upon itself because it became so wicked. There wasn't any need for any other outside army to come in. They, they become so vile that it basically imploded upon itself. And the themes in Second Peter that we're going to be addressing over the coming weeks, certainly the, the biggest portion was false doctrine and false teachings. And the, the church in that area at that time, was inundated by false letters purporting to be Peter, purporting to be Paul. People would write letters, and they'd write truth, but just enough error. Isn't that just like the devil? He's always done that. He did, he started it back in the garden. He continues doing the same thing. He'll never come out and just give you a bald-faced lie. He will give you the truth, and he'll just twist it a little bit, because that's all he needs. If he can just twist it a little bit and get you off-center, then he knows the more off-center you go, guess what? You just keep continuing in a veer to veer to veer to veer. Pretty soon you're in a whole different place. And that's his design. And it certainly happened in the first century here where false doctrine, false teachers were very prevalent. And one of the other themes in this letter that we're going to see is the hope of the second coming of Jesus Christ. That there is coming an end. There's coming, there is a finality to the madness that we see in the world. And certainly this morning, we're going to be looking at one of the major themes, and that's the importance of Christian character, that Christian character is necessary. It's a litmus test of really where we stand. If I call myself a Christian, if I call myself a believer, there ought to be evidence of it in my life. There ought to be something that is being shown. It ought to be evidenced in my life. And also another theme is just prophetic scripture, giving by holy men of God, are given by God, by the Holy Spirit, to holy men of God, and as God moved them. And that prophecy is not of any private interpretation. Because God wants his message to go out, to be very plain. There doesn't need to be anything hidden. Do you understand that the gospel that we hold is very plain? It's very simple. It's very simple. Now, there are things in the Bible that I don't, I don't understand. But the very basic things, the very tenets of our what we believe are very understandable. And they needed to be, because not everybody is really smart. (laughs) And a child can understand the gospel. I'm a sinner. I'm bound for hell. Jesus died in my place so that I wouldn't have to go there. He's coming back for me. That's the good news. It's that simple. And so, this morning, let's read. Now, Honestly, I think we're only going to have time to get down through verse 11. But let's read verses 1 through 4, and then we're going to focus in on... Actually, let's read the whole uh, first 11 verses, and then we're going to go back and specifically look at verse 5 through 11. So, it says, Simon Peter. Who wrote this letter? (laughs) Simon Peter. Pretty simple. Simon Peter, a bondservant, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have obtained like precious faith with us by the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, as his divine power has given to us all things. Notice, his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and to godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue, by which 
have been given to us exceeding great and precious promises that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. And he goes on, but also for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue or goodness, as it would say in the NIV, and to virtue, knowledge, to knowledge, self-control, to self-control, perseverance, to perseverance, godliness, to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, love or agape. For if these things are yours and abound, you will neither, you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For he who lacks these things is short-sighted, even to blindness, and has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. For so an entrance will be supplied to you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You know, in our world and in our culture today, and especially within the church, I find that there's a lot of people who are really unsure of their own walk. They're unsure of really where they stand. And part of the reason I think that we feel that way is because we don't always feel like we're adding up, that we're not uh, making the grade in a sense. For some reason or another, the the world and the, the things of the world have gotten into us. We see them all around us. I mean, it's pervasive. And these things affect us. And, and, and sometimes we forget that we are to add to the, you know, as we look at verses 5 through 7, we're to add these things to our faith. You have a faith in Christ, but you may be feeling weak this morning. You may be feeling like, Lord, I don't, I don't, I'm not really cutting it. I'm not even sure, Lord, that I really belong to you. There are days that I feel like I belong to you, and other days I feel like I, I don't even know you. Much less putting these things on and adding these things to my life. Lord, I, I'm not doing that consistently. And so as a Christian, you may feel washed up. You may feel weak. You may feel kind of pale. But the encouragement today, as we see in verse 10, is really our theme for this morning. Make your call and your election sure. Make your call and your election sure. We're going to look at what those each individually mean. But make your life count. And start now. Don't wait. You can't wait. Time is fleeing. Is it true? But it seems the older I get, the quicker time is going before me. When I was a teenager, I felt like I had all this time, and it seemed like summer vacation lasts forever until September 3rd came. Then it all came crashing down. But I felt like I had lots of time. I don't feel that way anymore. I look back, and 10 years have gone like that. Do you feel that way? Do you feel weak? Do you feel like, you know what, I just I feel like sometimes I'm hanging on by a thread I'm just hanging, dangling by a thread. Well, I want to encourage you that that is not God's will for your life. God's will for you life, for your life is that you would be sanctified, that you'd be built up, that your life would bear fruit and more fruit. And how does that happen? It doesn't happen by osmosis. It doesn't happen by listening to a, an audiobook. It happens by this personal relationship I have with God through the Holy Spirit. I need that. You need that. We need to be putting these things on. Putting things off and putting things on. And we're going to look at that this morning too. So be encouraged and make your call and your election sure. Let's look at verse 5. It says, but also for this very reason, 
because you are a partaker of the divine nature, or that you may be partakers of the divine nature. For this reason, give all diligence and add to your faith virtue. The word virtue there uh, really means goodness. But let me back up. I got ahead of myself. The word diligence. It's important to define what these things mean. Diligence. It means speed. It means eagerness. It means accomplishing or promoting or striving after something, anything. Give all diligence and add to your faith. The faith that you have in Christ, add to it. Not, not that you can add to it in the sense of adding anything to your salvation. No, when Christ, you know, he does the work in you. The salvation that he's given you is a done deal if you're a born-again believer. But there are also things that we need to exercise. There are things that we need to put off, and there are things that we need to put on. Because I can be a Christian, and I can just sit in front of the television for the rest of my life and do nothing for him. I can have my ticket to glory, but I can be completely useless in his hand. And my life is not really exciting. I don't even have the assurance of salvation. I just kind of get lazy, and I do my own thing. And folks, do you want your life to be like that, or do you want it to count? Do you want to know? That's what calling, making your call and your election sure means, to know. Do you know that you have been chosen? Do you know that God has a plan for your life? Are you praying about what that is? Are you seeking him and finding out and, and, and being okay to make a mistake? If you think God is calling you to do something, go out and try it. What's the worst that can happen? <laughs> so what if you fail? God's working. He's going to get you. If your heart is to know him and, and to do what he wants you to do, believe me, he will get you there. And it may be a little clumsy because sometimes where I'm just not listening, I think I'm doing something and it's in my, all in my flesh. But let your calling and your election be sure. Let it be steadfast. Let it be solid. So the, we're going to be looking at seven virtues or seven goodnesses or moral excellencies is what we call them in verses 5 through 7. And these things we ought to be cultivating in our life. Because again, if, if, our, if our Christian character, if we're building upon that and we're allowing the Spirit of God to do that in us, we are going to have the, the, the assurance isn't that what you want? We all like financial assurance, don't we? That's why we have money in 401ks and we save up for when we're, when we're retired. We do those things because we want to have an assurance that I'm going to be able to be taken care of. Well, isn't this even more important or actually more important? Because our life here is a vapor. It's like this. But eternity lasts forever. Why would you want to be unsure in this calling, in this election that you have? I want to be as sure as anything, and I, I am. Are you? I know that I belong to him. I know that he's saved me. I know that he has a plan for my life. Even still, this is just part of it. And this may be, you know, it's going to grow as, we, as I grow and as you grow. But do you know it? Do you have the assurance? You have the assurance in the bank, but you need the assurance right now because your life matters to God and your life needs to count because everyone around you is watching you. Oh, you're a Christian. Wow, your life is just like mine. Or is your life different? Where do you find the strength when things go wrong? Christian character is a proof 
that I believe what I believe, and I know what I believe, and I'm going after it like Flint. What does it say in Romans chapter 13? I'm just going to read these things to you. You can mark it down. Romans 13, beginning in verse 11. Paul said this to them. He said, and do this. He says, and do this. Do this, knowing the time that now it is high time to awake out of sleep, for now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Therefore, here it is, let us cast off the works of darkness, and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in the day, not in revelry and drunkenness, not in lewdness and lust, not in strife and envy. Boy, those are wonderful words. (laughs) Revelry, drunkenness, lewdness, lust. Boy, it sounds inviting. It just sounds so dark, foreboding. But notice verse 14, he says this, but put on Put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lusts. To fulfill its lusts. You know, I don't, I know I don't need to say this, but I'm going to say it anyway because I am a broken record. Thank you. <laughs> Our culture, so filthy. Everything, the music, the movies, the magazines, the social media especially, TV, advertising. Let's give our culture and the world something to see, that there's something different about us. There's something different about you. I follow the beat to a different drummer, and that drummer is Jesus. I follow him. Are you following him, or are you following the sound of the Pied Piper of this world, the devil himself, showing you all the things that are glitter and that are gold and that sound right and that feel good? Be careful of your feelings. In Matthew chapter 26, verse 41, Jesus said to his disciples in that night in the Gethsemane before he was taken, he says, the spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. It is, isn't it? Do you find yourself in that place? Sometimes, Lord, I know, Lord, you're so willing, and I'm just, I'm just not quite there, Lord. I'm feeling kind of weak. But are you actively developing this kind of life, being in partnership with the Spirit of God, We know this very well. Galatians chapter 5, beginning in verse 22, it says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love. The fruit of the Spirit is love. And then after that, the things that qualify love. And what are they? We know them. Joy, peace, long-suffering or patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. And those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. And if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Notice, there's something that we have to do. It doesn't happen by osmosis. There is the Spirit of God dwelling in us, right? He wants to do this work in us. But I have this scary thing where I can, this, these blessings and this power, this strength, everything that he wants to give me, the assurance, I have this scary ability to reach up and like a tourniquet, grab it, and just kind of squeeze it, and nothing comes out, and I'm the one who suffers. Until I let that go, and I just let God do it. Do you, are you tired of trying to do it? Let God do it. Surrender again, afresh. Today, don't wait till tomorrow. Surrender again. Say, Lord, I've been yours for years, and yet I still feel like I'm not surrendered. Let today be the day you surrender You need to have an assurance of your calling, of your election. But he goes on in verse 5, he says, And add to your faith virtue, 
This is goodness. That's what it means. It means moral excellence. And we all know the famous uh, virtue. Patience is a virtue, right? It's a moral excellency. It's a good thing because we know that it's something that doesn't happen naturally. And I know that because I've been on the highway. (laughs) I've been waiting in line. How many of you last night were watching the fireworks at some place and then as soon as the grand finale went off, you're all running for your cars. Some people are smart and they're watching from their, they're watching the grand finale from their car. But then you get stuck in traffic and 45 minutes later you finally arrive home. Right? Patience is not something that we have of our own ability. It is a supernatural thing. He says, and add to your faith virtue. And then to virtue or to this moral excellence, add knowledge. The idea is gnosis. It means a more deeper, perfect knowledge of Christ, of things that are lawful and unlawful for Christians, moral wisdom, these kinds of things, especially knowledge of the Lord and his word. Do you know Jesus? Do you know his character? Do you know what he's like? You know, many of the greatest Bible teachers and preachers were voracious readers about many different subjects. They wouldn't get, just get books about theology. They'd get books about astronomy and biology. And there, there have been preachers like Tozer and others who would go to the library and buy books on all these different kinds of subjects because they wanted to learn not only the, the, the theology about God himself, but as you look at these other things, you see you're amazed at what you don't know. And then when you start to learn, isn't it fascinating? I love to learn. Do you still love learning? Do you love to learn about things that you don't know? Because when you learn things that you don't know or have never learned before, it opens up your brain and, and, and you're like, God, I, I didn't even, I didn't even consider that. That's amazing. This is what, you know, and people have studied this their whole life. And even though they may be secular, you can learn a lot. Don't ever lose that desire to learn. I tell you what, it's one of the most wonderful things in the world when you're like, you like to learn. Break down the wall in your heart. If you've gotten to that stagnant place, learn. Learn everything you can, but always through the lens of the Scripture. And interpret everything that you do read through the lens of Scripture. Take the facts, take the good things, that you might glorify your Father which is in heaven. Because let me tell you, if you understand microscopic biology, and you look under a microscope, electron microscope, and you look at those things, and you do what these scientists have done, you're going to come away with your jaw hitting the ground. And you're going to see amazing order at infinitesimal levels that that are just, it, it, there's no possible way these things evolve. Are you kidding me? Something exploded a long time ago, and then there's order out of an explosion? Somebody's sniffing a lot of glue. Somehow this this microorganism evolved through mutations. Mutations don't continue to evolve. Mutations are the poisons within the DNA that it gets them out, and that thing dies off. Mutations don't become something beautiful and continue to develop order. No, mutations are the aberrants of our DNA that get weeded out very quickly. So what's this noise? <laughs> What's this noise that we have in our culture? In our schools? Nonsense. Nonsense. In verse 6, he says, add to your knowledge self-control. Self-control, temperance. Especially in your desires and your passions, your sensual appetites. 
And boy, this is something that uh, the Christians at this time, they needed to know. Add to your knowledge temperance. Everywhere around them, they were seeing the, the really horrible things. The Roman uh, culture was filthy, and they were surrounded by it. They needed to understand and to live and to example, exemplify temperance. Temperance, self-control. I'm sorry, that's all the time we have for today, but please join us next time as Pastor Rob continues our study in Peter's second epistle. Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office. And that number again is 585-586-3140. You can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things such as information concerning our beliefs, ministry and contact information, our location and service times, and much more. You can even download the radio and sanctuary messages in MP3 format free of charge from the resources link. To listen to Calvary Chapel of Rochester Sanctuary Messages or Truth in Christ Radio on your mobile device, just subscribe to both through Google Play or Apple Podcast. We are so glad that you could join us today, and if there is any way that we could bless you in your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until next time, this has been Truth in Christ.